What's up fam, it's your boy Jazzer Willis and welcome back to this episode of Reality Check. For those who don't know me too well, go on ahead and uh, check out those two episodes before this one and I promise you won't be disappointed. Uh, for my regular audience, I know, I know, I am sitting in my chair looking down at the ground in shame because I am disappointed in myself too. I haven't released episode in three long, grueling quarantined weeks and it's simply because i'm becoming uh quite honestly my creativity has been really stunned and you know the funny thing is i wrote this in my journal the other day for y'all though that that don't know i journal because it's, it's a good sense of getting things off of your chest at the end of the day you should journal but that's neither here nor there i wrote something in my journal the other day and i mentioned that my creativity's been stunned and I feel like um, I, I'm at like a standstill in my life um, in this short period of time of quarantine. And so I thought about that and I'm like, okay, I feel stunned. I feel like I'm stagnant and stoic and I'm not going anywhere. But I said, when someone is feels stunned, if you, you know, if you go to the hospital, you're, you're in a condition that you're in the operation table and then they use the stun gun or they try to resuscitate you by way of electricity, you know, the charge, the thing that they gear up. Um, I said, when they stun you, they usually do this to revitalize you, to bring you back to life. And so I just, you know, I'm just meditated on that point. I was like, I feel stunned, but I'm also becoming, I'm also being revitalized. I'm also being changed during this time of quarantine. So just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really gonna get too deep on this mug, but I just was gonna let y'all know that this episode is gonna be groundbreaking because we're gonna be talking about how to get through this stunned season of life in quarantine. So because this is a poem series, I'm going to use the poem for once to speak about my great grandmother. Uh, God rest her soul. She was known for her sayings. You know, they were the most outrageous sayings, but they meant the most to us as her family. They made the most sense once you got to think about it, you know, and I think Grigam was all around the world. Like, you know, what I'm saying, especially if she's black and, you know, some other coaches, too. All great grandmothers, they, they just say the darnest things because they've been around for a minute and they know what life is like. So they just give you the game on it. So my great grandmother, she's from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, she just gave me all the game. Passed it down from my grandmother to my mother to me. And so the poem sounds a little something like this. I put my ear to my great grandmother's grave and listened. I wanted to hear her tell me stories of ages old, of things yet to come. I wanted to hear Jacksonville's vernacular. I wanted to hear how she's fixing to make that sweet potato pie for supper on Sunday, how she told my grandmother to give no quarter and take no quarter. And now my grandmother told my mother to take no quarter and give no quarter. And now my mother told me likewise, which means you dare not show them you hadn't been raised right and taught how to speak before you left the house. You ought to speak respectfully and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. And mind your manners, how you reap what you sow in this world while God don't like ugly and don't care for cute. How this generation is too big for the britches and finna go to hell in the handbaskets if Jesus don't come back tomorrow. How everything 
will be just all right. Rather, I heard a sweet voice like my great-grandmother from way down deep down yonder say to me, Son, don't you know the Lord is coming back soon? Can't you see the earth getting ready for his arrival? She told me that mercy has held him back for so long and grace abandoned the foot of his throne on behalf of his love and for salvation's sake he has silenced his trumpets for you. And she kept going on and on about revelations, about how heaven has a bird's eye view of hell and because of man's wickedness the world didn't seem too far off. I, I, his eye ain't the only thing on the sparrow. I said, what you mean, grandma? She said, I mean, he ain't the only one watching how you live your life down there. I said, well, speak to me, grandma. She says, well, how you loving your neighbor, son? How you treating those who do you wrong on yesterday and smile in your face tomorrow? Are you learning to forgive like Christ when you can't name one thing they've done good by you? The last thing she said to me was, what you're going to be, you are now becoming. And so I wrote that piece about, I think maybe like three and a half years ago, because I was on team at the time, you know, the poetry team. If you listen to my last podcast, you know what I'm talking about. But I was on team at the time and then I had to come up with a, a second piece really fast. And so I wrote that piece about my grandmother and I just took her sayings and the one that, that struck me the most is the one that you heard at the end. And she says, what you're going to be, you are now becoming. And, you know, it's just one of those things that's kind of like it doesn't make sense as soon as you say it. Like as soon as the words leave your lips and jump into somebody else's air, you're like, what did I just say? But then they listen, you know, they hear it and they're like, OK, what you're going to be, you are now becoming. You're becoming that thing which you are eventually, you, you know, eventually you will be. And so it kind of reminds me and it takes me back to what I was saying in the beginning of this podcast in the introduction, you know, if you're in a condition that you need to be operated on and you're in this season that you feel stunned. I think the first step to getting over this um, this hump in your life of quarantine is allowing yourself to process the stun. You know, so if you're if your body is laying there and I want to equate this to being in the, the operation room for all my hospital heads, you know, all my nurses and doctors, y'all can reach out to me and talk to me about this if I get something wrong, you know what I'm saying? But hey, I wanna I wanna I wanna compare this to the op to the operation room. And so imagine like you're you're laying there on the operating table and then the last resort is to take that charge gun and to try to resuscitate your body, resuscitate your spirit. And so uh, I find it interesting that if this isn't performed, that it only takes three to four minutes for the person to become brain dead due to lack of oxygen. And so when you perform this, you circulate the blood so it can provide oxygen to the body and the brain of the organs stay alive while you wait, you know, for the ambulance. And so I thought about that and I'm like, yo, in the physical, it takes three to four minutes for your brain to die. You know, if you if this isn't performed on you, but in the spiritual or in the, the creative sense or in the purposeful life and in the, in the moment that you're out of creativity in the moment that you feel like you're out of passion, you feel like that this quarantine is getting to you. I would say that it really only takes about three to four minutes for you to stay in that in that in that in that moment. And then you start to give up. You start to give up faith. Because that's what happened to me, you know? And so I'm only trying to give y'all game because I, I, I kind of felt this during quarantine. You know, I kind of went through a, a moment where 
I was just like, you know, I'm I'm out of creativity. I'm out of I'm out of passions. I'm I'm out of poetic devices. I can't write more poetry. You know, I'm not performing anymore. Nobody will listen to me. I'm not preaching. I'm not doing what I can do because people aren't allowed out of their homes. And so it took me a minute to process that. And I think I processed the stun. And, you know, I processed what was hitting home for me. And then beyond that, it's very important to process what's going on outside of your life. You know, if you can, if you're at the moment where you're still processing the stun, you know, I think you should take time to process the stun, but don't sit too long in that stage. Because if you can process that stun and then get out outside of that moment and then process what's going on in the real life, because people are dying. And, you know, and, and there's a bigger issue with this COVID-19. And so I took the time to process the stun, process my season, and then I, I moved on. How can I revision? How can I, you know, have a new brand, have a new name, you know, have a new sense of creativity? I'm coming out of this and I'm becoming everything that I'm supposed to be becoming. You know, what you're going to be, you are now becoming even, even in this moment. And so that is the first step, allowing yourself to process the stun. Now, the second thing after you have successfully allowed yourself to process the stun um, something that's most important in this whole becoming shebang is to know and recognize that what's for you will be for you and only you. And just because something may be delayed, and let me get ratchet on y'all, doesn't mean it's necessarily denied. You know what I'm saying? It ain't denied. It ain't canceled. It's only postponed. It's only stationary for the moment. And so I had to get through this. Let me see. Let me, you know what? Let me see if I can make a plan. So along this quarantine, in this jolly world of quarantine, um, I committed myself to running. I think I've, I found a new passion for running. I mean, I did the whole nine yards. I went out to Target and Walmart, the only places that are open have become malls and mausoleums for people that want to spend money and have nowhere else to spend them. And so I'm, I'm there, I'm at Target. And I found myself looking for all this new gear to rock while I'm running because simply because I fell in love with what is able to be felt while you're running, you know, what is able to be released and what you can, you, you know, you can hear yourself think a little clearer while you're running than, you know, sitting at home on a couch watching someone on Netflix. So, uh, you know, no offense to anybody that does that because I do that on my spare time. But in this moment that I, be, I committed myself to running. Um, that first day that I did it, I just, I, I fell in love with a whole new perspective of this quarantine. And I said to myself, you know, I'm running and it kind of came to me like one of those, one of those parables in the Bible where, you know, you know, cause a parable is something that is the truth and disguises itself as a story, um, to enter into the doors of people's ears. And so I'm thinking about it and I'm like, Yo, like I'm, I'm sweating and I'm running and I'm kind of tired and, and I'm breathing hard, but I'm pushing through. And all of this is a result of my body wanting more endurance. That's, that's, that's all it is. And so I thought about that and I try to relate it to my personal life. And for those of you who, who know what I had planned, I had planned to be ordained, you know, 
in this season. My pastor was going to let me preach. I was going to have my trial sermon, which is still going to happen. And so I had major plans for poetry. I had plans for other things for my school and everything like that. And so I thought about it and I'm like, yo, maybe this time is just, just to tell me that I need more endurance. Maybe this time is just, I need to pick up the speed. I just need to get on the track. I need to get back in alignment so I can be ready for those things. And so I thought about that and I'm like, yo, this is just a minor setback for a major comeback. You know, this is just a little bit of sweat for my endurance. This, this is a little bit of, of hard breathing. It's a little bit of, 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 of just a setback for something that is, is going to take me off in the future. And so I thought about this and I'm like, yo, just because I'm delayed, just because these things are delayed in my life doesn't mean they're denied. And that's what I want to say to you. Just because you feel like you're in the moment after you process the stun, you know, you need to sit down with yourself and process what's going to be next. Process how you're going to get through this next season. And that's to know and recognize and reassure your own self. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself and pat your own self on the back and say, yo, this isn't over. You know, I'm still in the game. I'm still ready for round 12, you know, and it's going to be a knockout. It's going to be a major comeback after this. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. Without consistency, you'll never finish. So do what you feel passionate about, passionate about. Take chances. Don't be afraid to fail. There's an old IQ test was nine dots and you had to draw five lines with a pencil within these nine dots without lifting the pencil. The only way to do it was to go outside the box. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big. But remember, dreams without goals are just dreams. And so the last gem, but certainly not the least of them, is to remain focused because you never know who's watching. So the last part of this piece, my grandmother is kind of leaving me now. She's giving me, she's been game. She's giving me a little bit of advice on who's watching. She says, his eye ain't the only thing on the sparrow. I said, what you mean, grandma? She said, I mean, he ain't the only one watching how you live your life down there. I said, well, speak to me, grandma. She says, well, all right. And even though this part of the piece my grandmother's kind of portraying a picture of God not being the only one that's watching me, how, how I live my life. She's saying, well, I see you. I want to tell you that 
your family, your friends, or the people that observe you, they don't got to be dead and gone in order to see what you're doing. You know, so during this time of quarantine, people really zero in on how you spend your spare time. As long as you do your due diligence, as long as you keep your eyes on the mark, as long as you press toward that thing that is that is that is so calling you, you know, you will be successful and everything that you put your name to, it will come to pass. You will have the full fruition of everything in your life, you know, so I think as long as you keep your head on the swivel and you remain focused, you know, put in the work after this season, during this season, between these seasons, and you will have whatever you desire. And, and you know, I, I want you to understand that because my heart is in this thing that it, it won't be easy, but it'll be worth it in the end. It'll be worth keeping your reality that's meant for you. And that's, that's a reality check. I think these steps are the most important and essential way to recognize what has happened in your past, reaffirm your future, and remain sane in your present all at the same time. That is the goal for your reality.